What is up, sis? What's up? Welcome to Girl We Got This with me, your sister, Letitia Roll. Join me as I get super, super deep and real and vulnerable with some extraordinary women on the podcast. Get comfortable because I'm going to help you put that wall down. There's no more need to be hard around here. We're all sisters here. This is family. This is sisterhood. Welcome. We're about to step into our power and I'm about to show you how we can harness our stories. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Sister, sister, ooh, sister, it's Tuesday, and I, well, first of all, I hope you're having a beautiful day, and I hope that you know you're so damn beautiful and powerful, because I have a woman here that's probably one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in real life. I met her in Miami a couple months ago. Her name is Susan Miner. She's a supermodel turned therapist, and she's so powerful. Welcome to the podcast, Susan. I'm super stoked to have you. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy we could do this. Yeah. Oh, you know, when I met you, so we met in Miami mm-hmm. through Danny Cardozo on a shoot. And when I saw Susan, I was like, her face is perfect. <laughs> like your beauty in itself, exterior, it's angelic. It's stunning. And that's the model life, right? You see these beautiful exteriors. And I think a lot of people forget that we do have interiors as well. But mm-hmm. when I started to speak to you, we went to we went and grabbed a drink after and there was like there's so much beauty inside of you. And I was like, this woman's like special and she has a story and like her story needs to be told. So I just want to say thank you so much for being here with us because you are full of wisdom. And I know today is going to be such a powerful day for all the listeners on the pod right now. Well, you know, I was thinking the same thing about you. You get these green eyes and your bright smile, and I was dazzled. And then we went to get a drink, as you said, and let's let's tell them what kind of drink it was. You yeah, it was like what? what, what it was like it was super natural drink. juices. Yeah. yeah, it was a juice. It wasn't tequila, people. Yeah, it wasn't. We were it natural wasn't. juicing, hundred percent. We were juicing. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So. Uh, it was it was great to meet you, and I'm excited to be here. You know, I'm exactly wait. You're 32. I'm 52. Wow. Yeah, 52 today. <sighs> fucking amazing! I would not have believed Thank that. You. Thank wow. you. So, um, my life now as a therapist it's been 22 years now, and you know I'm starting to put it all together. Meaning, the being a model part and the beauty part, and being mm. a therapist. So finding that niche in um, our inner beauty, enhancing our outer beauty, because it really does. And it, it all works together because if we're more peaceful, what, what do we do? We don't grab donuts, right? We might go get a juice. Yes. Um, and that uh, helps us stay slim. It also helps us not eat so much sugar. So the cortisol isn't going through the roof and our skin's cracking prematurely mm. and um, whatever, whatever it is, right? So our inner peace really enhances our auto beauty. So it's an, it's an interesting combination of the model and therapist. Yes, which so. I cannot wait to explore with you because can you briefly tell the audience about your modeling journey when you started? And I mean, you have modeled for the top, top brands of our time. Your face has graced so many covers. I would love to share like your modeling journey as a, as a young woman and then how 
you became a therapist and why? Okay. So there's, you know, the, the shorter version yeah. of the modeling story was I started um, in a little town and I begged my mother to go to modeling school because the girls at swim camp had said to me, you should be a model. And I was like, okay. Right. And there yeah. was a modeling school. So I pushed my mom. It took me like three months to get her to say yes. She brought me. And then from there, it, it just one agent after another found me one in Boston, one in New York. And then once I got to New York, I went off to Paris and then Milan in Milan, I was working just nonstop. And when I came back to New York, I finally came back and, um, I went to New York city. I moved there. I had one suitcase and that was back before we had rollers or I didn't have rollers on my suitcase. So I was carrying wow. that thing. That thing was yeah. heavy. Right? <laughs> I had, I had two, I owned two pairs of pants wow. and my agency, I called them still from a payphone, So I'm calling them from a payphone, old school. And they're like, you've got a casting. It's right now it's for American Vogue and it was at a hotel. So it was a cast, like a cattle call, right? Yeah. So all the editors were there. And when I got there, well, I had my boyfriend's pants on and a pair of cowboy boots, <laughs> right? <And laughs> I love I, it. I like my hair. I, I washed, I was clean. I just, <laughs> I didn't own a brush. You know, it was just my MO and, yeah. uh, you know, they brushed my hair on Monday morning. How old were you at this time? Uh, 18, wow, 19, baby. 19. Yes. yeah, baby. Right. And then, so there's a woman named Polly Mellon who I didn't know who she was, but at the time she stood up and she was, you know, like an iconic editor at American Vogue. And she said, Susan Minor, darling, where have you been? And I was like, Italy, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that was that. Was that. Wow. So just um, one step in front of the other. Um, I didn't beat a lot of pavement. People just found me. Yes, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's such a beautiful journey. Yeah. So now you're modeling and was therapy in your mind? Like, how did you get from this beautiful world of beauty, being in front of the camera, gracing all these covers, to wanting to aspire to help people, to wanting to learn about the mind, to, to really yeah. hone in on this incredible gift, your, your gift to us. Therapists are the gifts to humanity. That's why I thank you. How, yeah. how did yeah. you get there? Well, it was probably twofold. And mm -hmm. one was that if the shit hit the fan anytime, even when I was younger, if someone's passed out naked in the bathroom, they'd get me mm -hmm. figure it out. Some girl gets their period, doesn't know what it is. They get me girl gets pregnant. They yeah, come get Susan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I just had this like, even, I don't know what it was. It was always like that. So it was one. The second thing is not altruistic at all. I was a hot mess. I was a mess. Um, anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress, insomnia, you know, lovely things, right? Yes. Um, and trying to fly around the world with that was pretty brutal. Wow. So, um, you know, I was always trying to fix myself yes. with transformational therapists, um, psychologists sometimes, um, Oh, you name it. I tried it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Self I've been there too. Yes. Right. Right. Yes. I'll, I'll stand in my head. I'm good. That's fine. I'll do that. Yes. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's so, I, I, I feel you on so many levels. Cause I feel like 
when we're dealing with these illnesses, especially these mental illnesses, like the depression is so real. And you just want somebody to help you get out of these ruts, these dark times. And you start looking and searching and grabbing onto anything. That's what Mm -hmm. I did. Books, Mm -hmm. therapists, workshops, all the things. So I know everybody listening here has probably have done that too. Retreats. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Anything to guide you to the spiritual awokeness of peace. Like you said in the beginning of the podcast, this inner peace that is there, but we have to find it and we have to have the tools to get there. Which is mostly a shovel, right? Mm. To dig out, to dig out our shame, dig out our guilt, dig out our anger, dig out our fear. Um, we just need to dig that out. Um, that's why I love energy work so much. Yes. But, you know, the inner peace, it's there. But when, you know, if you're, we know, let's say that. We all yes. know when we're anxious, it, there's no relief. None. Because you can't get away from yourself. Nope. And it's all in here, all in your mind. Trapped. Yes. Going fucking crazy. You're just losing it. (laughs) I know. I know that feeling. It's like a, I always say it, it's like quicksand. And I, and I would always tell my mom that I said, I would feel like I'm in quicksand and I'm just like fucking drowning in it. And I, and I'm trying to get out, but like it sinks Yeah, The more you move and the more you try, yeah, the more you'll sink back in. Yes. Right. The more you struggle. Yes. It's so true. So true. And, and it's so cool to be able to talk to you about this and it's so amazing because I know people that probably look at you and look at me and that are listening to us they're like they went through depression they have anxiety why would they right because they only see exterior and I want everybody to understand we have two worlds it's exterior and interior you know and we a lot of us human beings have very similar interiors very we're more similar than we're not Yes. Including men and women, by the way. Mm. Right. But so if you're young or old or, or tall or short, it doesn't matter. Right. Male or female, we're, we're very similar inside. Yeah. yeah. So much more than we think. So I want everybody Absolutely. to know that. Well, and you bring up a really good point because there's an interesting thing that happens when um, you're a model or an actress, let's say. So young girls, if you, poll them, and I haven't seen the polls in the past couple of years, but three or four years ago, the polls of girls 13 to 17 or something like that, they would, um, they wanted to be actresses or models, hmm. the percent, grand percentage of them. And we assume they want to be actresses or models so that they'll feel validated in society of their worth, right? Wow. Why do we want anything? We want to be validated. Yes. And then, you know, so if you are that, so, okay. I am that, I am a model, right? I am on covers of magazines. I am, you know, making a lot of money, all that kind of stuff, right? I'm on the top of the food chain and I'm depressed and I'm anxious. Um, first of all, no one believes it or, I, you know, no one believes it or they don't think you need help because also another thing I think we tend to do if we're high functioning is that we just push through. Yes. We get it done. We get on that plan. Yes. And then, you know, we might be like this. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, before, before you get on camera, like, then you're like, and it's on. Oh. Yes. Oh, wow. Wow. It's on. Right? It's your job. Yes. 
right? You turn it on for your work. You turn it on for work. And people know that if they're an attorney or if they're, you know, whatever they do, you can turn it on. But yeah, so, and, and we get very fooled by appearances. So we assume um, beautiful is good or beautiful is um, happy, right? Yes. Like those yeah. young girls think I'll be happy, I'll be feel worthwhile if in fact I'm a model or a, an actress, right? So I'm getting the accolades from the outside world. Right. It's not the case. It's not the case. At all. Um, at all. And may I, may I just venture to say, Yes. I mentor young models. So we do, I do therapy with the young models, mm -hmm. right? So they can understand, no, I can understand them. So we don't, we have to cut, we don't have to cut through any of the modeling stuff. We're just, we get it, right? Right. But I say to them, like you jump into modeling in your twenties. First of all, the twenties are brutal. 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 <laughs> the worst. Yeah. Your, your weight and this and guys and oh, skin. Yeah, oh, everything. Everything. And then you add to that, okay, you got to be model skinny. Oh, great. Add to that, right? You're flying 100,000 miles a year plus. Add to that whatever it is, right? Yeah. So it's like um, graduate school for. I don't know, self-worth or I don't know what it is, but it puts such a toll on you in your mm -hmm. twenties um, that if you can get through it, I think it, it, for me anyway, and I think for other women who've gone through this, I, or probably guys too, it like, it builds your fortitude. Yeah. Um, or it makes you crazy. It's one or the other. You're going to yep. go either way. Literally. You're going to be a nut job and you're going to look like, <laughs> yeah. like that <laughs> right you see something you're like oh man oh you look right that's <laughs> true so or you figure it out right yeah and it's and it's hard figuring out is not easy and i think a lot of people get scared of that because it's like we're all presented with this or that like you just said you can either go this route or that route. My dad, growing up, he said, you're either going to learn the hard way or the easy way. Choose one. Oftentimes, I learned the hard way. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I would love to learn the easy way. If he knows yeah. the key, maybe he could sell it to me. Yeah. Oh, my dad still doesn't know what the hell he's doing. But that's what our parents tell us, right? Like, our parents are telling us these things. And now I'm like, because I've done some of the work and I'm still doing the work, it is hard and it's deep and it's a lot of unlearning and shedding and facing yourself. Yes, indeed programming. And I just want to thank you because therapists like you, Susan, are the catapults to becoming our inner peaceful selves that we've always desired. You know yeah, what I mean? They, yeah, they can be. They, they can definitely be. Sorry, I got yes. like... like chapstick yeah, so, you're yeah fine. and they you know they can be um and then at the same time you know sometimes in therapy you can overtell your story and re-traumatize yourself yes That's so, so true there's a balance so for your listeners um if you're if you're young and you're just starting to go you know delve into yourself i think it's really important to have someone you trust to tell your story to 
one, two, maybe three people, you know, and then at a certain point, um, I think it's valuable to, to stop telling your story because your, your body doesn't know the difference between when you're telling the story or when you're living it. Mm. So if you're telling the story, let's say the fourth time or the fifth time and you're upset and you're still crying and you're still feeling the body shame or whatever's coming up for you, that's your indication that you're, it's time to stop telling it and it's time to start clearing it up. Mm. So the clearing it up, I, I do energy work. So I do emotional freedom techniques. I do energy medicine, Donna Eden stuff. She's fabulous. Um, neuro-linguistic programming, hypnosis, mm. like all that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, begin to shift and, and change. Yes. Right? Um, and that can be scary because mm -hmm. it, it's hard to do, but um, it it's is scary it. to yourself. It's totally worth it. Yeah. Because it's I, totally I had it. to, I ventured into that. I went into energy healing and Reiki and I've done hypnosis and it was new for me. I've never done it before. So it was kind of a little anxiety at first, but when I was in the healing, the energy healing, it released so much mm -hmm. pain yes suffering that lived in my body and it blew my mind it I, I everyone i'd say i said look it's gonna be new and you might feel uncomfortable just but surrender and let your body go and susan what you just said is so powerful because it's true it's changed my life mm -hmm. i was that girl that was telling a story and telling the story and getting more depressed and more depressed and i was just like what gives mm -hmm. and then i got into the healing and the journeying back to self which what you just said, it's so true. So to everybody listening, Susan just <laughs> gave you so much power in what she just said. You have to honor yourself when you have told your story too many times so you're not reliving it and then start doing the work. Thank you so much for that. that was yeah, so you're welcome. And it's something else that we, we touched on that I think is going to be important for them to know is that, so we talked about anxiety first, and I don't believe... Oh, I could get in trouble for this. I don't believe anxiety is a mental disorder. Mm. I think anxiety and it could be sometimes just anxiety and depression. I think it's from our environments, mm. right? That I don't a huge know, impact. I agree. Huge impact. Um, I don't know what percentage of people have anxiety, terrible anxiety or terrible depression who had just wonderful childhoods and mm. were perfectly safe and cared for. I mean, I don't know any. So Me if neither. you need one, that'd be great. Yep. Um, so, so the idea is, it's. I don't believe anxiety and depression is a mental disorder. I don't believe really it's in the mind as well. Mm. It's it can become habits, but it's it's primarily in the body. Mm. And what you said is, you know, once you've got some, in my opinion, once you've got some understanding, once you've been heard, and validated, it's your body that's trapped this trauma, yes. right? So you got to get it out. And um, so if I'm trying to see, so to get it succinctly for your listeners, if you have anxiety or depression, um, begin to work through your body to release it. Mm. And you, you mentioned Reiki, Reiki, yes. the emotional freedom techniques, tapping it's called, um, hypnosis, EMDR. Mm. EMDR, you have to do a lot. It, um, that's more specialized, mm -hmm. but you can find therapists who do these things. And anyway, or 
people are, who are healers. Yes. That's my recommendation. Yes. Yeah. And I, and I also want to recommend acupuncture because that 100%. helped me so much, Susan. Mm. When I was in my lowest lows in my twenties, my stomach was off and I, I, my anxiety was through the freaking roof. I couldn't eat. Like my spleen and my stomach were literally dumping each other. I couldn't hold any food down, up or down, and I was losing it. I got so frail. And my girlfriend's like, you need to see my acupuncturist. I flew to New York from Atlanta, and this woman changed my life. It's energy. It's energy. Yeah. And I believe that because I lived it, and this, I will forever go to acupuncture because the chi and this ancient Chinese medicine, it's so powerful. It's real. I, I agree with everything you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, and thank you for sharing that. How you feeling, sis? I just wanted to check in, make sure you're feeling good, making sure you feel lifted, make sure you feel supported. Take a couple breaths. Let's recenter. Let's get back into it. We got this. So I want to jump into this idea you and I were talking about earlier about vanity and this vice versus virtue, because yes. I think it's such a beautiful topic to talk about, especially now the days that we live in now. And... I want to hear your insight on it. And, you know, you live, you've lived this world. I've lived this world. And there's a huge difference between vice and virtue. In this and virtue. Way. Which one do you want to talk about first, vice or virtue? Let's talk about vice. vice okay. Because we all got a vice. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So um, vanity as a vice is when um, we get overly concerned with our appearances we're on Facebook 24-7 comparing ourselves. Comparison um, to other people about our looks is the best way to get depressed. So mm. if you want to do that, compare yourself all day. Mm. Um, the other advice it can be is that um, denying that we are vain. Mm. Okay. So I, I'm vain. Let's just put it that Same. way. I, oh, I want my skin to look good. Yep. I want my hair to look good. Yes. Um, I want to fit in my jeans. Um, I want my nails to look good. I, my toes, oh, yes. my feet. Yes. Um, all the time. I, two days ago, I hadn't shaved in like four days <laughs> and I had gotten my period and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I know that feeling. Ugh. My boyfriend's like, oh, you're so beautiful. Oh my God. <laughs> right? I, was I know like, that feeling. Oh, I'm so gross. I'm so gross right now. So but when I, when I, I, my bath is over here. Took a bath, shaved my legs. <laughs> right? It's a so thing. My, my life changed. Yes. So we are vain. And, um, and I also think it's a vice when we don't, talk about it with other women so we'll we'll swap beauty tips yes we might you and i might swap a beauty tip about like say um emu oil or yes. something like that, right or the women my age we're talking about botox girl you know where do you get your botox <laughs> yeah go here don't go to this other one because she puts it in you like you know, <laughs> she's like you know my girl my girlfriends will come over i'll be like no you need this and this fill or not Mm -hmm. like don't do that <laughs> that's oh. a girl talk for life yes totally 100%. right we're all having 100%. these conversations we're all having these conversations um and 
and yet I don't think we have the conversation about supporting each other's beauty inside and out or it being okay if we're vain. I don't know. It seems like there's a little shadow on it. Yeah. What's, what's your, I think you're right. Because when you say vain, it's automatically, it's a negative connotation for me because we were always thought to be vain is to be negative. It's you're, you're narcissistic in a sense. Like you only care about your looks or it's vain. Yeah. Don't be so vain. That's literally, that's literally the saying. Right. Wasn't there a song about being? Yeah. You probably think this song is about you. Yes. You're so vain. And guess what? It probably fucking was about that girl that she thought that song was about. It probably was. It a hundred percent probably was. Right. I mean, let's be honest. And what's wrong with that? What's actually wrong with that? What's what you just said to me, Susan, it's like, yeah, I love my nails. I love my hair. My skin right now is like, I'm on it hard. My toes for sure. Waxing, keeping my skin clear from fucking razor bumps and ingrown hairs. Like, that's like, I'm hairy as hell, Susan. So, like, it's a thing for me. <laughs> it's a oh, thing. I'm plucking and waxing <laughs> and lasering. Oh. I know. Oh. And I love, take. I have to take care of myself. And if that makes me vain, then so be it. Then so be it. But why do we take that on as such a negative thing? Do you think well, it has to do with patriarchy too? I it's exactly where I'm going mm, with this. So this. this is so it's just a thought I had. So patriarchy tells us that you're valued only if you're beautiful. You're valued if you're thin. You're valued if you're beautiful. You're valued for the piece of meat you are, how sexy you are, yes. your tits and your ass, and what you're willing to do with them. Right. Can I add skin color too? Because for women of color, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother realm. Oh yeah. Oh my woman. She's, she's light and like, oh yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. You're so right. Oh, you're so right. Yeah, of course. Oh yeah. White, white women, the status of that with, oh, don't even get me started. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's on the one side. And then on the other side, the patriarchy is telling women not to be vain. So it's, it's almost like you can't win, mm. right? This is, this is your value, but don't be vain. Your value is totally in your looks, but wow. don't be vain, right? Wow. And we're not going to pay attention to you for anything but your looks, by the way, you know? So then I think we women, I had this inside me, um, we desire to be seen for more than our bodies and our faces. Wow. Right. We just, we just, we desire to be seen for our, or heard for our brains and felt for our brains. Whoa. Wow. Like my mind is blown right now. Cause I'm thinking about this, like, whoa, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of like the entire way to keep a woman oppressed, to keep us literally and divided, by the way, it keeps this divide yeah. amongst women and this <laughs> oppressed confused feeling how do we overcome that like how do we overcome that well i think first thing is recognition um have you uh ever listened to rc blake's no i haven't interesting dude on the um on youtube and he and i don't know if it's his terminology i just heard it from him he calls it sex slave conditioning so women if you think about it right women are it's like MK Ultra on a mass scale. So they're taught to be, we're, women are taught to be sex slaves. So you 
it started with the pole. So pole dancing, everyone's doing pole dancing. My daughter was conceived when I was taking a pole dancing class, you know, and it was, it was just women. It was a nice one, but you know, we're pole dancing. And then the stripper shoes, remember when those big platforms came Huge. out? Yes. I was like, they're stripper shoes. Yeah. Wow, what is, what, it, it's high fashion now? No, they're stripper shoes. Yeah. Right? Yes. Great. So, and then, and then on, you look, my, my boyfriend, God bless him. He, you know, he doesn't anymore, but there's these girls that would come up on his um, Facebook that were from where he lived, just tits everywhere and ass. Like literally the girls are, are leaned over and I'm like, okay, bathing shoot shots wonderful you're at the beach you look fabulous but if it's like so it's it's like porn and they're why, young why, and they're young and why are they doing this because they want to be loved yes right? and validated and, and validated seen. and seen but they're also they're partaking in the programming of being a sex slave and mm. they're 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 enacting their programming That's which is against them right so they're willingly participating in a program that hurts them. This is so intriguing to me. Can I can I challenge this on the other side? Because there yeah, could be some be listeners. There could be some listeners saying, "But what if that woman just is really, you know, in tune with her divine feminine? What if she's just a sexual being and she's been in this environment where she's brought up in this world to where she's exposed to?" Her nudity and embraces her body and honors that in some type of way, young or old. Would would that would that make sense? It does make sense, and I also have to um, preface everything I say is through my lens. Yes, yes, and my my beliefs and my age as well. Yes. So um, yes, absolutely. Yeah. My, my question would be to anyone, yeah. <clears throat> whether it's a girl who's, uh, you know, has all these ass pictures on Instagram or boob pictures on Instagram, how does she feel? That's the, that's the, the first mm. thing to ask. So yes. I think that's in response to what you're saying. So could it be all that? Yes. I would say if the girl feels empowered, if she feels free, if mm -hmm. she feels beautiful, if she's valued, if she finds that in her environment, do the men value her or do they treat her badly? Yes. So that's, that's where I would point. Yes. Uh, I know. love that. I think that's beautiful because I know women are listening and they may agree or disagree with us, but like you said, it's our opinions and that's the beauty of our, the world that we live in. We, we have the right to have our opinions and what we learned and what we've endured through, you know, our time here on this, in this lifetime. And I think what you just said is powerful. How are they actually, how do they feel? Can we, if we were able to talk with that woman, with that girl and to hear about their interior world. Now, if that matches the exterior where they do feel the value and all the positivity from, you know, embracing that empowered and feminine. The power, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm then kudos like there's that's I can honor that but then if it totally. doesn't match if it there's no cohesion between the interior and exterior then 
that's where this idea comes in and it's sad sad yeah and are they saying i can't find a a good man i can't find a man who treats me well are they are they at, are they saying that i don't know yeah i don't know and and i think that's that's so intriguing it's such an intriguing question because it's so true and i feel like a lot of times we women, because I can talk from my own experience, for instance, my mom was never very feminine. My mom was very kind of like tomboy. She happy when she was 17. She had five kids by the time she was 25. She was, my mom was cool, but she wore like the long shorts, baggy shirts, like, and she was a mom. Like, that's what she was, like, that's what she embodied. A nurturing, loving, caring, hardworking ass mom. She'd always make sure we were good and then go to work. Like, that was my life. So I never was feminine growing up. I never was exposed to the power of the feminine and this sexual aspect of me and this side of me that as an adult now I'm exploring and I fucking love it. <laughs> I fucking love it. But yeah. as a young girl, I wasn't exposed to that, right? So like, like you said earlier, we are what our environment consists of, which is so true, especially as these kids because we're molded at this time. Mm -hmm. And we are our environment, period. Every child becomes their environment. And it's up to us to de-shed and unlearn these things that weren't correct in our environment growing up. So I think it's so cool because you're right. Like my, inter my interior world then too had no self-worth. My mom didn't have self-worth. Um, she was just a mom. That's all her value was, was taking care of us. And I, and I look at that, and I was modeling when I was young. I was there, smiling pretty, right? Because I have these big blue eyes and this smile and this curly hair. <laughs> but I, was, I had no sense of value. I had no sense of worth. And I was dating toxic men. I was in these really bad relationships. So it's, it, I'm just reflecting as we're talking about it. And I'm like, yeah, I, you're, you have a lot of validity to what you're saying, for, in my experience anyway. It's so interesting. It's very interesting. And I never, I was always a tomboy. So like, I mean, I never took those sexy shots until I'm older now and I'm feeling empowered and I'm, and I'm finding out my sexual side and I'm, I'm learning about my body and feeling good in myself for the first time in the, ever in my life and rediscovering all parts of being a woman because I feel like there's so many parts of us and that's why we're so motherfucking powerful. Mm-hmm. And that's why we are oppressed, I believe, in this patriarchal system. It's why we are oppressed, absolutely. I think the system primarily oppresses men and teaches them to oppress women. Ooh, that's powerful. Right? Yeah. So, well, I think you're a good um, example, not example, but... Well, okay, what would you say to, to girls or to women... Mm -hmm. Um, about exploring their, their, their bodies and their sexual side and what would be um, questions you'd have them ask themselves or where would you have them focus? I don't know. Because you're, you're experiencing it. Yeah, I think I was only able to experience my sexual self until I actually knew who I was until I, I understood my essence as a woman. Like, I didn't know who Letitia was. I was always told to play sports or to model or to do this. I never really knew what 
I wanted because I never was able to have the sense. I never had a sense of self. And that might sound crazy to people listening and even to you, but I never had a sense of home inside of me. I w- I've always was led. I think people, I think people can relate to that. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I never like ugh, honing into my intuition too, as a woman has been the most magical part of my journey, like right now. And like knowing that we women have this gut and this feeling that is so powerful and uncovering that and being like, wow, like, and we create life in this space too. Like, and so I would say to these young girls and to women is spend time alone until you spend time alone with self and ask yourself these questions and look in the mirror and understand that, yes, I've, I am anxious. I've dealt with depression. I have all of these insecurities. I am vain and start uncovering and asking myself why and where did it come from and understanding my childhood and my past. You know, I, I had to do this with a lot of support because I couldn't do it by myself. Of course. Yeah. I did it with talk therapy. I wasn't there. I'm still in therapy. I was doing it at the time though, twice a week on top of all these other things that I was doing. So I think for the, for these women, I would say you have to spend time alone with self and write and talk to self. I talk to myself every day because I want to know what she wants, what I want. Like, think about this. We talk to our girlfriends every single day, people every single day and give them advice and help and all these things and guidance and love. And when we talk to ourselves, people think we're crazy. Or we have a habit of just being mean to ourselves and criticizing ourselves. Yeah. Opposed to the encouraging, yeah, I say to people, like, would you talk to your best friend like that? Like how you talk to yourself? No, I would never. You never call your best friend a fat pig, but you're going to call yourself that, you know, or stupid or an idiot. Like, no, you would never talk to your friend like that. Yes. And, and, And if you have young girls and young women around you, they're absorbing that negative talk and they're taking it on. I remember I had to check my mom a couple months ago because she, my mom's always had weight issues and she was like, I'm fat, I'm fat. And we were on my nieces and I said, mom, and I pulled her to the side. I said, mom, you can't do that anymore. You, you have to take accountability for the way you feel and start taking care of yourself and working out because what you're doing is you're creating these issues and these dynamics of body images. These problems are going to bleed into my niece. They've already bled into other parts of our family. I can't let it bleed anymore. Like you got to take care of yourself. And it was hard to have that hard conversation with my mother, but I had to do it because I think we're not aware of how we do affect people, especially like older women, like us, like I'm, I'm still young, 32, but at 20, at 15, we women are looking for other women to look up to. Like that's all we have is are the examples of women, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's powerful too. I think we have to really start holding ourselves accountable and to start being these examples for our youth. And when we make a mistake, go back and say, you know what? I was just complaining about this and I want to yes. just take that back. Yes. You know what? I you know, I'm gonna be nice to myself. Yes. How about I took a walk yesterday and I, you know ate a very healthful lunch and um, I'm happy right now with you and whatever that is. Right. So we can, 
one of the biggest things as well is to be kind to ourselves mm. in this whole process, yes. right? Um, yeah. And it's not always easy and you have to be aware, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think forgiving yourself is first and foremost. That's like the first, one of the major keys for me to start this journey of finding self and being patient mm -hmm. and then being patient and being graceful with myself that leads to kindness and yeah. understanding that regression is a part of the journey we're going to regress like you just said it's going to go back and forth yep absolutely yeah. and absolutely. being okay with that mm -hmm. you know we're, we're so hard on ourselves as women as you explained earlier we are why do we you are. think that is i gosh I think part of it, it's in our cells based on evolution through thousands of years of us being in our ego um, and that sort of progression. I also think it starts the second we're born um, from the people in our lives who are programmed. Mm. So if we have in the mass media, in movies, in TV shows, everything you see is a program and they're, they're, it's deliberately being done to make you think a certain way. So how do you create consumers? How do you create um, pliable people who are just going to do whatever you say? Mm. Um, how do you have power over people? Is you make them feel bad about themselves. You don't empower them. So that's done in a physical way with uh, the chemtrails. It's done with the, um, the heavy metals put into food. It makes you anxious. It's done with all the chemicals that are FDA approved that are toxic it's toxic. done with everything you see if you if you flip on a sitcom what do you see you see um for example okay the the guy's a fat dummy and he's got a pretty wife right um or you see the the main female character she's a bit of a bitch and like mm -hmm. she's unreasonable right mm -hmm. or you see um couples arguing and then getting married. Or you'll see people meeting and then three days later, he's professing his love to her. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> marry, marry me. Or, or they're having sex. They're having sex the third day. Yeah. If you used to do, oh, believe me, girl, I've been there. First day, whatever, right? I've oh. been there too. I'm not gonna say I've been sitting home knitting. <laughs> is it's not necessarily the best thing to do yeah right so we're right. never taught we're never taught what's gonna make us feel good about ourselves um it's the same with okay get back to modeling business it's the same with that too um all the uh uh, oh, there's so many things I could say. I'm going to get in trouble. But, you know, just the extreme thinness, yeah. the Photoshop, all that. And, yeah. So. You know what's so beautiful about you? You care so much, right? So you're like, I'm going to get in trouble. But I'm like, why are we going to get in trouble for sharing our truths? Like, these are our truths that we've experienced. And, Again, that's this part of shame that still lives inside of us. Like we're so worried that people are gonna shame us for being fucking honest about things that we've lived. That's our right. Truth. Or say or say we're wrong. Yes. Or say we're um, whatever conspiracy theorists. Or yes. And for everybody listening right now, I'm not. I'm not saying you have to agree with everything I say or what Susan says. Totally. I'm not. 
There is no mandate that sings everything this podcast says is absolutely right. No. It's your choice. You don't know. Yeah. Well, and it's also your choice today and you might choose tomorrow. Yes. Um, and, and it's the yes. same for us because we can only see through the lens of us today. Mm. And we will get more information tomorrow. We may change our mind. Yes. Um, and that's okay. And this whole world is an illusion. Yeah. You're in LA. That is illusion central. <laughs> yes, it is, baby. Between LA, between Hollywood and Washington. Yes. Wow, illusion central. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I keep on trying to figure out how we can get back to the virtue. Oh, we're going in. Oh, Let's go into it. Let's flow into it. I'm literally looking <laughs> oh, at it in my book. Segue. We're segueing into virtue right now. All right. It's not a smooth segue, but let's see. Um, so Winston Churchill, he said something to the effect that vice, um, vanity is the vice that promotes so many virtues. Mm. So <clears throat> vanity is my primary motivator always. Mm. So I encourage people to say, okay, what's going to get you to do something for me? It's vanity. So, um, you know, you can know that weightlifting, when you lift weights over a long period of time, it um, prevents bone loss, right? And it increases your bone density and, and you won't get osteoporosis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but if you lift weights, you'll have more muscle and you, you need more calories so you can eat more and stay thinner or it builds muscle and like your shoulders are going to look good in a tank top. I'm like, <laughs> I'm there. I'm in. Sign me up. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah. right? Or a antioxidants. Talk about antioxidants, right? So if you eat organic food, may 20 to 40% more antioxidants, mm. right? Yeah. And that helps your immune system. What else does it do? It reduces your inflammation. <clears throat> Nobody's but listening. It, but it's anti-aging. All my organic stuff, right? So, <laughs> so true. That's where I see vanity is a virtue because it can promote so many good motivating things. And so you end up um, doing things that are good for you. Um, and I think when we're taking care of this vessel, it's self-love as well. Yes. So it all, it all comes into the spirituality. So... I think really what we need just to merge a little bit more and, or maybe I should say what I need to merge a little more is the, is the care for the body and the vanity and making it self love. Ooh, I love that. Right. I love that. Yeah. Now, Susan, this is one thing that I've been exploring and I'm going to start helping a lot of people understand what is self-love? Because I feel like this idea is thrown around so much. And to somebody listening right now, it's like, yeah, I've heard it every day. I see a meme about it every day. I'm, I'm fucking hearing somebody talk about self-love. What is self-love to the listener listening right now? What is self-love to you? Because I feel like to all of us, it's different. Because we all have to love self differently in certain ways. It's a great question. Right? Wow. I think self-love starts first and foremost with stopping things that are mean to yourself mm. and things that are harming you. That's mm. first and foremost. Mm. Stop. Mm. Stop being mean to yourself. Stop hurting yourself. Stop, yes. stop sabotaging yourself. Stop being around people who are mean to you. Yes. Um, that sort of thing. Then beyond that, I mean, it's, it's a strange concept because self-love 
who are you loving? How many people are in there? Yeah. Susan, I love you. <laughs> okay. Who's, which one, which one is which, yeah. right? Yeah. It's true. And we can have that conversation. So the esoteric conversation that one is our spirit, one is our higher self, one is our ego. I don't know. Yeah. So maybe the best answer is, I don't know. Yeah. Right? I think it, I think it's such a beautiful thing because what you said is something that I've explored, you know, the, 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 the bad negative talk, the, the, I'm not enough, these feelings, again, that was a lot of self-work and uncovering a lot of childhood actual drama with there. That's how I was able to start loving myself. But I, but I also think self-love is like getting our nails done, getting our hair done, taking a bath. Right. Yeah. Like, and I, the more I do it, the more I'm like, Loving myself is a lot of work. It's, it's a lot it, of work. It's a lot of work. Getting up every day, having my morning routine, meditating, getting my mind right, working out, getting my nails done, talking to women that uplift me instead of the old friends that are just there to talk shit about people, creating boundaries, having therapy. And then on top of that, it's life. And then Boyfriends, you gotta work. Yeah, uh, then you got to go to work. Then you have yeah. mom and dad, then you have family, and then you have friends, and then you have got to make a living. It's not the easiest process. It's, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of dedication. It's a lot of dedication. And it's interesting because it's, it's very much feminine. Caring mm. for self is very mm. feminine. Yes. And, and it's the nurturing of self can bring so much power into the male female dynamic whether you're a man and a woman or two women or whatever but the that female energy um, needs to be cared for it needs to be nurtured it needs to be pampered right mm. then we can come forth being receptive like so like how sexy are you and receptive when you haven't shaved i mean like that's right? <laughs> yeah if, 100%. If our, toes, if our toes are chipped we haven't yeah. shaved and we haven't uh, for me, dyed my hair. Yeah. I'm not showing up as my feminine, radiant, receptive self. It's not going to happen, right? Yes. So um, I also think it's an interesting time because we as women were out in the world um, in so many aspects and I'm all for it. Um, and yet you're right, it takes time. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm very saddened when I hear women are you know, they're working outside the home, wonderful, but they're working 40 hours, 50 hours. You know what I mean? Then I'm yeah. like, well, when do they have time to, to nurture themselves? Yes. They don't. So Literally. that's when you see women's femininity go down the drain because mm. they don't have that, that self-care time. Yes. You know? And you know why also? Because we're taught to be selfless and we're taught to take care of everybody else from childhood. My grandmother, her oh. were like, it's this lineage thing, right? Yep, totally. I thought that from my mom too. So I was in these relationships where I didn't care about myself. I would do everything for the men. Everything. Totally. Oh, including bringing their plate. Oh, literally. Oh, lit that's what I'm saying, literally. <laughs> yeah. Oh <my> God. <laughs> yes. We're literally taught to be selfless. That's beautiful. Oh, she's, she's so selfless. Now again, patriarchal society. Yeah. If they make the rules, right? 
wild, man. This conversation is blowing my mind, Susan. It's like yeah. you have my mind going like this, and vanity is a virtue. It's so and true. Virtue. And you know what? Um, in a patriarchal society, men screw themselves, or the society screws themselves. Because when you strip a woman and you just create a sex slave, or you create a woman who's just catering to the man or just taking care of the man, she's not doing these self-care things. She's not showing up in her radiant, sexual, yeah. receptive being. Yeah. And you know what the man's getting? Awful sex. I'm sorry. Yeah. Or he's not getting the, the, the surrendered. Yes. Feminine. Yes. Goddess. The divine goddess. The, oh. With, oh, my boyfriend called it the goddess frequency. It's true. It's true, and that needs self-care. I'm sorry, yes. people. Yeah. Yes. Ooh, and it needs that's so powerful. Right. It's so true, and we all have our own. Everyone has our own thing. Everyone, vanity is different to every listener on this phone right now. Totally. It's different to everyone, and honor it. Honor it and embrace it and fucking embody all of it, because what Susan just said, that God in frequency, that goddess frequency, is, it's powerful. Mm-hmm. And as a woman to embody that and feel it, Susan, I've just felt it as a 32-year-old woman. And holy shit, you feel unstoppable. I feel like the sky isn't the limit, actually. Like, I just feel like you, you, you embody this divine of everything that makes you female. And I'm still learning so much more, but getting to this point, yeah, it's like, me too, yeah. yeah, it's so cool. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's so fun. Wow. You know, I want to share this with you because we're talking about women right now and these things that make us, you know, feel empowered or these, this vanity, right? I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday on the phone, very powerful woman. And um, she was talking about men. She works in the corporate world. And she said, you know, I work with all these corporate guys and they're, they're losing their shit. I said, what do you mean? She goes, think about it. Men, excessively like CEOs, like CEO men, like rich powerful men she goes they're they're losing it in covid they're fucking losing it i said what do you mean she goes think about it these men get off driving their maseratis to work wearing their cool expensive watches having the affairs not being home till late you know doing whatever they want but for them that that's their vanity the cars the lux these things some of them anyway not all some i'm not going to generalize and i was like holy shit she's like they're struggling in covid now they're home stuck in the house with no material things to make them feel manly quote unquote or to create this idea this fantasy of what it is to be successful and now they're stuck in the home every day with their wives and their kids and maybe with their wives and children that they haven't cultivated yes relationship with yes wow and when she told me that i was like whoa Cause I'm not in that corporate world. Right. And when she said that to me, it blew my mind. Isn't that wild? Yeah. I never would have known. <laughs> but if you think about it, yeah, we all have our things, right? Yes. We all have our vices. We all have these virtues. Yeah. Vices and virtues. And you know what? We can just support each other. Like I, lo- I was loving what you were saying that we can support each other to be beautiful inside and out. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and, we, and everyone's different, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Susan, we need to have these conversations more, you know? And, you know, and, and to be honest with you, I grew up, too, with a father that raised me to 
beauty was from the inside only. Like if I acted out, we were he he would call me like we were ugly, right? Mm-hmm. So like he never. Oh, he said that's ugly. Ooh, I I know yes. that term. Yes. yes. Interesting. So, like, so I was never aware of my exterior beauty. I was always really focused on my inner beauty, which I'm grateful for. But as yeah. a woman, as I was growing up, I people would always be like, "Wow, you're so beautiful." Wow, you're blue eyes, and I'd always be like, "Dude, they're just blue eyes. Relax. Like, what are you talking about?" Right. I well, know. they are pretty spectacular. But I was so unaware of my outer beauty too. And, you know, what you're saying is so important. The inner and outer beauty conversations amongst us women really need to start being honored more. Mm-hmm. Both. And honoring it. And being okay with being fucking vain, man. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's yeah, okay. it's not a bad word. Is it four-letter V-A-I-N? It is four-letter word. Yeah, it is. <laughs> wow. Yeah. This, this conversation is beautiful. It's, it's your, your, you have my mind, and I know everybody listening, flowing right now, and it's such a beautiful thing. And I want to I wanna come back to you before we, we end this incredible episode and ask Susan, the 19-year-old Susan that was at that Vogue call, if you could look, Susan, 19-year-old in the cowboy boots and her boyfriend's jeans, what would you tell her and where her life was going to go? Because I think it's so much beauty when I did it in the hypnosis, actually, when I was trying to discover my self-worth. And I had to go back and meditate to the first time I felt unworthy or not valued. What would you tell that 19-year-old Susan What advice would you give her? How would you guide her? You know, I would try to, the first thing my brain went to Mm -hmm. was that I would give her some warning signs, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'd give her some hints. Like I had trouble, terrible trouble with Lyme's disease. I Mm -hmm. had it for 30 years, chronic Lyme's disease, and I just finally gotten rid of it. I had to get out of the country and tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars and I'm detoxed, I'm done, right? But I struggled with that. And so I'd want to give myself some hints about that. And I don't know if I could have told myself you're okay, just the way you are Mm. that if I could have somehow landed that in her, you know, like my best friend passed away like six, I don't know how many years ago. Mm-hmm. But he said to me, he's like, you know, Sue, you're always, you've always been trying to fix yourself, but you haven't realized you're perfect just the way you are. That gave me chills. You know, I know, right? Yeah. So, and he was literally dying, literally, oh. you know, like a month later he died. So um, if I could imbue that, but I don't know, yeah. how do we do it? Yeah. I mean, it's been a long road. Yeah. And that's the beauty of your path, though. That's the journey. That's the path that we're living in this lifetime right now. And we had to go through it all to get to where you are now, where you're changing people's lives as a therapist. And that's, it's, nothing gives me more joy than to help women. Mm. Um, You know, and I love the women in their 20s and 30s and even 40s because I got some years on them and some experience. Mm. And um, the 50s are fabulous. I'm telling you right now, there's no better. I get excited. It gets better. Like all this, all this like um, 
this word uh, lessons we learn yeah. and the stuff we read and everything yeah. and we get it, but now we get it. So do you feel like you embody it now fully? I don't know about fully better and better. Life is getting better. Life is getting so much better. I feel like I really have uh, something to share and it's my time Mm. to, to mentor and to, um, you know, I've always, I've been a therapist for 22 years, but really step into that um, in a way. Yeah. So it's great. Look, I always say there's nothing more beautiful than a woman stepping into her power. And it's dangerous and the best way of danger. Like it's beautiful to watch, man. So I'm so happy for you. I am thankful for this conversation because it was one that's need to be had. It It, was great. Yeah, it was beautiful. And I want to tell everybody, uh, Susan's Instagram, it's Susan Minor Beauty. And her website is SusanMinorBeauty.com. You can contact her there. You can find her there. Are you doing um, therapy sessions like over FaceTime and Zoom and all that stuff too if people are looking or interested in uh, therapy? So two things I'm doing primarily. One is the Beautiful Energy Program, which is an eight-week, all-encompassing, soup to nuts, uh, lower chakra clearing on up, lower level vibrations, um, like shame on up. Yes. It's all in specific order. So that's eight weeks. So that's a program. You can find that at training.susanminerbeauty.com. I do very few individual counseling sessions now because I I don't really have time. Yes. You know, but I do have a few openings. Okay. um, And I do, I work on Zoom or I work on Skype. Um, But yeah, I mean, my favorite thing. Yeah. Favorite thing. Yeah. You're a blessing, man. You're such a gift. Susan. Thank you. You too, my dear. This has been fun. Yeah. I'm so glad this has happened and I'm, I'm grateful to have met you and I can't, I can't wait to continue this journey with you and having like guys like you in my life, uh, women that you can look up to and aspire and that are here to listen and to share and to empower. So thank you forever. Shout out to Danny Cardozo. Oh girl, if y'all haven't heard, we got this, we got all of this and it's the journey that we have to embrace. Susan, thank you so much. We got this. We got this, girl. Hey, sis. Thanks for listening to Girl, We Got This. I appreciate you so much. What a powerful, inspirational episode that was. If you want to keep following the journey and growing and evolving together, follow us on Instagram at at girlwegotthis.co. It's at girlwegotthis.co. And if you want to follow me, where I'm sharing all my truths, my journey, and my personal life, you can follow me at Letitia.Roll. At Letitia, L-A-T-I-C-I-A dot Roll, R-O-L-L-E. And if you need me, I got you. Shoot me a DM. Just remember, every Tuesday there'll be a new episode on every podcast platform for Girl We Got This. Please remember to leave some love and rate, review, subscribe, and spread the word to your tribe. I love hearing your feedback. I can give more to you when you give to me. So let's do this together. It's time to rise, sis. Girl, we got this.